There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 950. 950? 950, Katie 50 Levine. Away from a thousand. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you know what though? That's still well. Yeah, initially we were going to do one a week, but we've gotten so many great guests. Yeah, it's been pretty quick. Like two or three a week sometimes. So we're going to get to a thousand before the end of the year. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Is this we're supposed to do a thing for a thousand? I'm yeah. sure it has to be a hostful. I think. Yeah. It either has to be a hostful, or we have to like resurrect Lincoln or <laughs> Caesar or someone for the thousandth episode. Yeah, you um, do something big. We'll have to think about it. We have right. 50 episodes. But that's going to go, it's going to be like, there's no time. Yeah, that's like 20 weeks. I've been doing the podcast yeah. for eight years or eight and a half years almost. I mean, for crap's sake. Well, um, let's just jump right into the corkboard. Katie, you have some uh, you have some corkboard related business that you want to share. I do. Alicia Hubble writes, I started making postcards in 2012 from donated recycled bags. I, and I have built connections within the Chicago community. I'm now making blank cards, envelopes, home decor. And more by embroidering, watercoloring, and sketching. If anyone is interested, please check out my work on Instagram at Granny Abel and on Etsy at Granny Abel. And that's A-B-E-L-L. And Greg Walker writes, my brother Ian graduated with his Bachelor of Fine Arts and Illustration last year. And he's been working hard to get his career going. His art focuses in monster type illustrations done by hand. Uh, his stuff is really cool. You can check it out. He has buttons, stickers, prints, and originals available for purchase at walkerillustrations.storeenvy.com. Or you can check out his Instagram at walkerillustrations. Thank you. Um, this episode is Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy, who are in uh, The Broken Lizard. And Super Troopers 2 is in theaters. What day? 420. What? Oh, my God. But um, I hear it's fucking amazing. And they're such great guys. They also do the podcast Chewing It, which Katie also produces. And uh, they're fucking funny and fucking nice (laughs) to the point where I'm having to swear for (laughs) emphasis. But God, I love these guys. They're just nice guys. They are. They're super nice and chill, funny. cool guys. So uh, please go see Super Troopers 2 because they crowdfunded it yep. and they got the thing made and they are such an amazing example of, hey, our fans want us to do this thing. We're going to do this thing and we're going to give it yep. all we got, you know, and uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of them and I'm excited. I'm excited to see the movie and you should too. This episode brought to you by Mattress Firm. Hey, person, are you struggling to get to sleep? If so, Mattress Firm wants to help you. Uh, They're America's neighborhood mattress store, and they're going to help you stretch your budget a little bit further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. 
And it's not just that they're mattress experts. They're going to straight up help you build your bed from headboards to adjustable bases to sheets. They even have bedroom decor. They're going to have you covered literally and figuratively. They're going to cover up your, your sleepy little body <laughs> when you crawl in. To that, to just go to, to Dreamy Town. Uh, if you go to mattressfirm.com, you can save 10% with the code PODCAST10 through May 2nd. Mattress Firm offers a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Mattressfirm.com. Learn how your sleep can be tremendously improved. Use the code PODCAST10 through May 2nd. Also brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. There's a new boss in town. This is a bacon boss at Buffalo Wild Wings. The Bacon Boss Burger featuring bacon three different ways and a blanket of white cheese sauce. Joined by the new favorites like the smothered cheese steak quesadilla, sweet chili shrimp, and Alaska cod classic. All pair perfectly with one of the new Izzy sparkling juices or Aquafina water. Hurry in today. Try them before they're all gone. Buffalo Wild Wings available for a limited time while supplies last. Here is the ID10T podcast number 950. It does. Sounds like a police code. It does. Which is perfect. We got a 950. We got 950 over here. 950. What's 950? Oh, that's when uh, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemming returned to the ID Sensei podcast, formerly the Nerdist podcast. And, uh, and um, 951. Maybe 951. No. Maybe 950 is roll, the, is roll the thing. We got a 950 here. Yeah, maybe. That's going to be very confusing. The next one. Here's the nine, podcast 951. 950. <laughs> Let's roll that thing right, meow. And he went to Stanford. He went to Stanford. Yeah. I think he's a smart guy. I I'm just saying. I'm well, just yeah. saying. It was so weird because I felt excited. And I was, like, I'm so I was just saying, I'm really excited about Jared McKinnon. Come on. I had him in fantasy last year. First of all, he can run crazy fast. He can fucking catch. He's like one of the most versatile running backs. Oh, Katie. He's a backup, backup running back. No, he's not. He should have been starting. But is he better than Carlos Hyde? That's the real question. I think Carlos Hyde the Browns. Unbelievable. Think, yeah. Are you talking sports in my we're, house? We're talking, we're talking football. This? <laughs> because she can. You know the rule. <laughs> she can do it. It's not allowed. Not allowed. No sports talk. No sports yeah. talk. No Save sports it. Talk. Save it for the sports pod. Yeah. Welcome to No Sports Talk. Yeah. We're not talking sports. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, man. Welcome. Thank you. Are, uh, are we at liberty to discuss your um, departure from Nerdist or no? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about whatever you want. I mean, okay. we, we, we were doing that. We were doing that. Oh, you guys were doing that beforehand? Yeah, we were talking about oh. it. Yeah, we were talking about it. I, I honestly, I was telling Steve, I thought it would be a, a much more dramatic deal than it was. Yeah. I, you know, I prepared the audience. I'm like, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how sometimes it's not that I don't love you. Please, sometimes you have you to understand. Sometimes yeah. you just like people change, you know. Yeah, and yeah. by the end of it, everyone was like, "Yeah, you're just 
just changing the name. It's fine. Right. You know, right. like, I think right. the fact that we didn't change the feed and people didn't have to resubscribe and it, they still get yes. everything and it's still free and it's a, that everyone was, you know, I, I, I tend to, I, I tend to maybe be a little dramatic, but it, it all, it all worked out. Fine. Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me to hear that like along the way before, you know, like when you sold it to legendary, for instance, that there was more backlash then from fans who were like, wait, man, this was super. Indian. No. And again, I thought that would be the case too. But I think, you know, particularly at the time, um, Legendary was this was 2012, so they were still like in the midst of of Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. And they had made the Hangover series. And still Tommy Tell world. It was. It was, still, it, was, it was still Tommy Tell. Yeah. And Beer Fest. They made Beer Fest. <laughs> they made Beer Fest too. Of course they, they made Beer Fest yeah, yeah. for the catering budget of yeah. uh, Superman. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they have to do Beer Fest returns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, you know, so at the time that was another thing. But but I honestly just think as long as as long as you're communicative with your audience and say, because like, I said at the time, like, Legendary is buying Nerdist. It's mainly because, you know, I like I like them as a company. They seem to be fan-focused. And yeah. also, I like, they're necessary to grow it so we can make more stuff. I don't know if I'll be able to do this without, without them. And again, people were like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. as long as you... Don't try to pull a fast one yeah, on sure. everyone. Coming with everyone. Then I think yeah. people are cool. I think they just want to feel communicated with. That's all. Yeah. yeah. People want honesty. They, it's almost like they just want you to be straight with them <laughs> yeah. and not try to, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to fuck them over in any way. Yeah. Because yeah. if you are trying to pull a fast one, then that usually means there's an ulterior motive and you're trying to get something and, you yeah. know, rather than just... Yeah. Sure. Why wouldn't you tell yeah, us exactly. the truth? Well, I was, there's no reason. There's no reason at all. Why wouldn't I, you know, rather yeah. than just sharing information, you know, and just kind of making it a part of it. I mean, how how hardcore are the Broken Lizard fans? Are they Are they pretty hardcore yeah. in terms of, like... Do you kind of feel to a degree like, oh, it's not really our thing. It's kind yeah. of the audience's thing, and then, and we kind of have to listen to them to how they – or do you just go, oh, this is what it is, guys. Deal yeah. With it. No, I mean we had that situation that you're talking about because when we crowdfunded this new – the new movie, yep. you got to realize the, the impact of the fans, right? So like they came out in droves and supported the movie, right, in the crowdfunding – but then you had to learn how not to, you know, violate their trust. Right. And like you're saying, it was like it was all about as long as you tell them everything that you're doing, they're not going to get pissed off at you. Right. Like in the past, there have been crowdfunding, you know, uh, uh, campaigns that, you know, oh, we didn't tell them, but this is what we're really doing or this right. is what we're really using the money for. Or this, blah, blah, blah. And then they turn on them. Right. But, you know, what we learned, I think, was as long as you tell them. Boy, that's so okay. tricky, too, because, you know, and, and when people get upset – you can get very defensive right away because you're like, why sure. are you getting – but then you realize like, well, it's only because they care about what you're doing. Yeah. It's not – you know, they don't you – know, It's they get upset not because they hate you. They get upset because they want they want to love yeah, you. because they're fans. Because they're fans. Yeah. And But I can – I'm kind of curious to talk about – because with crowd – because you get that enough just without people yes. giving you money. Mm-hmm. But once they give you money, then they really have – like, and they're invested. They have a financial ownership yeah. in it as well as an emotional ownership in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, I mean, it was cool because, like, I think because, I mean, you know, we had we had uh, this one level of of uh, the perks. One of them was you could come and and uh, for a certain amount of money you could be an extra on the set and come visit the set. Uh-huh. And so, you know, those people would come. We'd have them come on the weekends, and I think it was like a hundred people at a time. And. You know, I remember the the very first weekend that they came, there were 100 people, and it's like, I know, I, I went out to speak to them, 
And right off the bat, you know, it was like, hey, listen, we couldn't have made this movie without you guys. I mean, you really, you're actually the people who put the first dollars in. And if it wasn't for you guys, the, and like you could feel your voice like <laughs> yeah, starting yeah. to choke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're actually like, holy, holy shit, like this is true. This isn't bullshit. But it, like these people actually made this movie happen. Yeah. And it, 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 I'm looking at a person who, I'm looking at 100 people who cobble together. Like, I mean, some people like missed car payments. Some people, you know, like because they wanted to see that movie, they so wanted badly. to see the movie, yeah. and, and like it was unpredictable how emotional, you know, one would become talking to these people. And then it was funny because, like, then you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm the host here," so I, they're just kind of looking at me, like nobody's going to interrupt me and, <laughs> and try to take this over. So I was like, you know, regaling them with stories and everything, and, and our campaign manager came out in the middle of like a great story, and it was like. Uh, anybody want to take a picture with Rob Lowe? And <laughs> everybody turned and bolted. I'm like about to lay down the punchline and like, you know. Okay, guys, we'll catch up with yeah. you later. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, wait, I'm almost done with my story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Rob Shit. Lowe. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But, no, but like, you know, I think it, it's funny too because then people also, they're like, all right, so you're going to make this uh, sequel. You, you, you can't fuck it up. So um, for, you need to bring the stoners back and you need to do uh, pullovers. And let's see. You got to have the bear fucker and you got to have the German swingers come back. So just remake the first movie. But then they're like, but, but don't just do the same shit you did the first time. And like, I don't sell the same jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're like, all right, I think I'm not going to – we're not going to listen to you guys. So it reminds me of that episode. It reminds me of the, the Poochie episode of The Simpsons yeah. when they bring the kids in to focus group them. And they're like, who would like to see itchy and scratchy and far out worlds and locations? And everyone says, yeah. And like, well, who would like to see itchy and scratchy deal with real problems like you face? And they'll go, yeah. And he's like, you don't know what you want. Yeah. How do you, what do you want? You yeah. know, people want the same, but they want different. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that was, those are the internal conversations we had. And that was the, pro- that's the pressure of when, when they invest in the movie, then you really got to make sure you don't fuck it up. Right. Because <laughs> you know? then you lose your fan base. Then they're done. I don't know if any of the extras are like uh, they're shooting and they just go, excuse me, I hate to interrupt the scene. Uh, As an investor, I just wanted to give some notes. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, you know, that that could be easy. We kind of – there was that one scene where we kind of fucked them over in that uh, (laughs) – I mean, we totally fucked them over. Well, we did. It was a scene where – it was like a town hall scene and they're all in the audience, you know, and there was going to be good time for them to get FaceTime or whatever. And so there was a balcony in the in the, in the the town hall. And so we were like, why don't you put the, all the guys up in that balcony? And we'll get a nice shot of everyone in the balcony. And so we put them up there and it ended up being the worst place because they didn't get on camera. And then at one point you went up there and it was like 150 yeah. degrees up there. Well, that's where the lights were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so it turns out yeah. you basically just put them yeah. in... We put them uh, with the lights. Yeah, you just put them in like a 7-Eleven uh, yeah. warming hot dog <laughs> yeah. oven that's yeah. what we did well my, my go-to joke with those people is like you know I mean we, basically you're paying uh, to be part of the worst job on set <laughs> and every every time I told that everyone would laugh like ah it's true being an extra is terrible but like I tried to pull that with those people up in the balcony and nobody laughed at that. <laughs> because I mean we wouldn't let them go either yeah. we were just holding them up there because you know we were on a tight shooting schedule still there? for continuity you, uh, they're still, they're yeah. still there uh, okay. who knows hey whatever who cares yeah. but you, in the editing room we li- we literally went back and put specific shots of them all. Oh, good, 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 on good. purpose. Yeah, good, you know? good, good. Yeah. How much? I mean, obviously, this is public information, but how much? In, how much did you raise with the kicks? How much did you need? Uh, and how much did you raise? Yeah, we we had asked for two million, and you know, I think there's a philosophy to it where you ask for just what you need, and maybe a little less, so that if you achieve better, 
then it looks great. Right. And if you don't achieve that, then, well, I guess you're fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. But we ended up raising four and a half million. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a strange thing. I mean, we, we met the guy who, like, he did the Veronica Mars campaign. Yeah. He did Reading Rainbow. He's, you know, he's the guru, Ivan Asquith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's even, the crowdfunding whisperer. Yeah. Is what he is. <laughs> but even for him, it was kind of like, it's still the, the great unknown. Because, you know, and so it's like, you don't want to ask for too much because you don't want it to seem unattainable where people are going to be like, oh, they'll never raise that. Why right. should I bother? Uh, you know, and, and yeah, you certainly don't There's want to. science raise. to it. Yeah. And, which we didn't know anything about. But they were. We and, learned. But, yeah. And he was still figuring it out. But, yeah. you know. And this guy was an MIT uh, guy, numbers cruncher, and he set the campaign up. And he's an expert in how to do it. And so what other, what other things, just for anyone else who's trying to crowdfund something, was it, it – what drives it really? I mean obviously you, the foundation of it, there's a little bit of – you know, in your case, well, people are already fans. Yep. Yeah. In some cases, like no, someone's putting up a thing that no one's ever heard of. So I'm sure that's a whole different set of challenges. But so they're fans, but you also have to create a good presentation, yep. a good pitch. And then you have to have, you know, worthwhile tiered perks, I would imagine. So yeah. people go, okay, that's worth it. That's worth it. That's worth it. And then is it just constantly being engaged with the audience? How, like, yeah. how, how did you, what did you learn about that process? I mean, a lot of it is, is like anything else in this business is like it's publicity. It's like people can be fans of yours and they don't know that you're doing this campaign. So they don't go to it. It's like we have this funny thing. Like we'll go do stand up in a city and you'll run into some guy in a bar. He's like, oh, my God, I'm the biggest fan. Super Church, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing here? It's like, oh, we're doing a stand up show across the street. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't know. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so it's the same way with this crowdfunding is like you could have this fan base, but you have to be, be able to activate the fan base and you have to be able to push them to where they need to get their information from. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, a lot of it was doing publicity. A lot of it was getting the word out that this campaign exists and then people go to it. But you also – and there also is backlash because – and you know that's one of the things we talked about in advance is that like there's going to be a a percentage of people who are like, oh, look at these rich Hollywood assholes who are asking us to spend our money instead of spending their money. And you're like it's not really – like we actually can't afford to finance right. our own movie, right? And, you know, and and uh, yeah, and not everyone in Hollywood is has access to millions. <laughs> that's right. Of that's right. Yeah, and uh, so and if they did, they would invest in a super troopers. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> that much. well, that's terrible. Well, that, that's what got people nervous. Is they, they? I think people were worried that the studio system was going to take advantage of Kickstarter. Yeah, especially on the heels of the Veronica Mars thing, where they're like, oh, well, studios are just going to exploit people for money that they just don't feel like spending. I mean, you're obviously. Keep your dudes, dudes so you're not a giant studio. Yeah. But I didn't really get the sense that that ended up happening. Like the studio necessarily. But I, I think I think we knew coming up. Like I think Zach Braff had that problem right before we went, and he, uh, I think he raised money with the intention of getting more money from studios and that right. kind of stuff. And then, but I, I think it's the the people who who contributed didn't understand that. And they thought that yeah, they raised, they took their money and then went to the studios. Mm-hmm. I think we were kind of again forthcoming to everyone of like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take yeah. this money and use it to get the thing going, you know. And we had, you know, unfortunately for Zach Braff, we had some of his his pitfalls to learn from. I mean, uh, and that's what I mean, like sort of like the, the great unknown. Like each of these successful crowdfunding campaigns were were another case study for what sh- we should be doing because there weren't that many of them. Yeah, done at that point, and so you know. But the good thing also was the studio wasn't involved with us because they weren't sure if it was going to work. Right. You know, what I mean, that's why we crowdfunded in the first place. And so I think they were very hands off in terms of of being associated with the movie and and 
you know, they they kind of said, hey, don't, you know, you don't have to say that we're involved here. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And so I think it felt very independent. And then once we raised the money, then the studio was like, hey, maybe you could say that we're involved oh, too. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. We're in on well, this. Well, yeah. And then also, you know, in Zach's defense too, because it was still, that was still so kind of new, yeah. you know, new yeah. in terms of Nobody raising money on that scale. But, you know, it's not like... You, you know, it's not like, oh, everyone just has millions of dollars that they can spend. And it's not even just the money part, but being able to raise the financing yourself allows you a lot of creative control. Yeah. Which is, you know, a, a large reason why a director, writer, director, creator would, would want to do it. And so, you know, I don't think, specifically in his case, I don't think he was like, I can't wait to take yeah, advantage of, you not know. Not at all. It wasn't that at all. It was like, oh, this seems like a way that I can raise enough money to be able to have the creative control to prove that there's an audience for this. And, and then, I don't know, maybe it just something went a little screwy. It's also like just not the perception of the people. Like, right. The, you know, I think that was something that none of us never had. You were on a hit show. You probably have $50 million. Why are yeah. you? And the truth is not everyone on a show has $50 million. It's just yeah. the economics of it. I mean, I think what people, what a lot of, I'm not asking you to feel sorry for anyone who works in the entertainment <laughs> business, you know, because we're all privileged, very privileged people. But, um, you know, as you guys know, about 80% of everything you make goes to other people. Yeah. yeah. 50% of it goes to taxes. <laughs> yeah. 25% goes yeah. to representatives. Another 5% can go to like publicists and, you know, whatever. And so, you, you know, I always make the joke like, if you want to make a shit ton of money, you have to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and so the numbers involved with getting rich in the entertainment business are yeah. so, have to be so astronomically high just because there's just so many people that take pieces of stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's, and that's, I'm not crying about it. I'm just saying that's just the that's reality. Really, and also I think people don't necessarily appreciate uh, the way the financing of, of film distribution works either where like people were for years where it was like hey just you know raise like a million bucks and go shoot the movie yeah, put it out yourself. Come on. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, just do it. You yeah. Know? And you're like well first of all like in today's day and age it takes like at least 10 to 15 million dollars to distribute a movie. You know what I right. mean? On, on top of what it costs to make the movie. The P&A you have to go raise this amount of money in order to make that in the system. And so I think people don't appreciate, you know, the amount of money that you need to do in order to push the ball. And so, which is what basically is like getting into theaters and marketing, yeah, and, and, and yeah. All, all that advertising. Stuff. You yeah. know, that, the 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 spending on advertising is, you know, and and there's there's so much stuff in the market these days where it's like like the weekend we come out, which is April twentieth. It's like The Rock has a movie the weekend before, and then The Avengers comes out the weekend after. You know what I mean? So just to sneak in there and try to make some noise, you have to spend some That's money. Some, but I think Super Troopers 2 is, is excellent counter-programming yeah. for that stuff. You know, especially because you might also benefit from the spillover of sold-out sure. Avengers screenings. And we're looking forward. We're hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to that. It's like, oh, I can't go see a man. Oh, oh that's Super Troopers. Let's hey, go come on. Let's go see that. Yeah, in the theater. But originally, originally, it was us versus The Rock. He, Rampage was going to be on, on April 20th. <laughs> got it. And then... Then you got scared, right? Avengers, yeah. <laughs> he smelled what the yeah. Broken Lizard well, we was cooking. cooking. That's right. Yeah. Took him out. And it, it smelled good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... Uh, they got afraid of Avengers. They got Avengers moved Avengers up one moved. week. Right. And so and so Rampage moved, and yeah. then we were sitting all alone there. Yeah, for a minute. <laughs> and then Amy Schumer jumped on our weekend because <laughs> right. she was scared of something. I, right, I don't right. know what she was scared of, but, but yeah, they just they jumped on ours. It, it is really, and, and I think it's hard it's hard for people to really understand because the entertainment business does not work like any other conventional business. Yeah, and so people just think very linearly, like 
You raise the money, you make it, and then it's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, there's so many structures. You buy cars. In, there's so many structures in place. Like here's a here's an analogous example. A lot of times people go, Hey, you know, um, instead of touring where you know you have to go to a, a theater where you have to go to Ticketmaster where we have to pay all these fees, why don't you just like rent a space yeah. in our town? And just yeah. go yeah. you go, okay. I know a theater. But yeah. you have to understand, like you then you would have to cover the insurance. You have to cover all the ticketing costs. You have to cover yeah. the you know if it's a union house, you have to cover all the union fees for yeah. the house. And so it's it's so it's so fin- it's almost financially oppressive um, that only like the top handful of performers can actually do that. Can really do it. Yeah. Or you just have to jump down to a re- like, just go perform in a bar, right? You know, like right, where you right, can just like right. roll into a bar, and then, right. then it's easy. Like, oh, yeah. you just go do your thing over there. Sure. But if you want to do it in a, like in a, any kind of an organized way, it's 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 surprisingly more complicated than you would than you just think. Like, oh, the internet, you just do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. not everything just works that way, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and also, I mean, that was one thing we got was a, another version, which is why don't they just raise a million dollars like the first one and just uh, do it without the studio? But the fact is the studio owned it. Like we couldn't do that. People say, why don't they take it to another studio? We're like, well, no, because the studio owns yeah, it. We can't, we can't. They don't just give you. <laughs> yeah, we can't. They won't, And they've said that they, we will never, they will never let Super Troopers free to, to go to another <laughs> Which studio. Which is funny, isn't it, too? Because you, you get frustrated because you, you think of – I mean obviously big studios, businesses – don't really operate like people. And so a person would go, well, if I'm not going to use this, I'll just give this to you because the studio's like, no. no. Are you ever going to make this? No. no. Well, can I have it? No. No. Yeah. Because they don't want to, A, they don't want to give up any IP. They're not in the business of giving up right. IP. And on a certain level, if you if they give it up and then you go make a you know hundred million dollars with it, then a bunch of people get fired. Like, oh, yeah. how did you let this go? Who made that decision. Yeah. So they just yeah. studios <laughs> and companies are just not in the habit of just handing over IP, no. even if they don't ever intend to use yeah, it. Yeah, and Which, so I mean, and then the truth is, in terms of even what we were raising for the campaign, was that. They said, we'll allow you to do this if you raise uh, the production money, also the P&A money, which was not something we mentioned while we were uh, doing the crowdfunding campaign. And they set certain floors. I won't won't say what the floors were, but they were well above what we were asking for. And so, in fact... To the tune of some pretty like, <laughs> I mean, the P and A budget is is oftentimes Just bigger tell than what the P and A is. A yeah. print and advertising, yeah. which is literally the print is the copy of the movie, but it's the it, advertising. It, it is those distribution costs. You know, it's like advertising, and yeah. prints, and theaters, yeah. and that's that kind why of stuff. that's why like you never can look at the budget of a movie like a fi- like a five million dollar like when Get Out came out. I think Get Out was probably around a five million dollar movie. Yeah. Like, oh, a $5 million movie made, you know, $250 million, which it still is way, 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 yeah. way, way profitable. But it probably costs, like, I'm guessing 25 or $30 million. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like, once, once, the, once the sort of – once it seemed to be trending in the direction of, like, oh, people seem to be interested in this, then they start putting a little more and more money into it to promote it. And then all of a sudden it's like now they've spent five times, yeah. you know, the amount of what the movie costs just to make sure that sure. people know just about it. to make it. a splash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a reality to crowdfunding, which uh, we only discovered once we had done it, which is that whatever you gross uh, in the actual – the money raise, a lot of that is still going to go to satisfying the perks. They're mm-hmm. going to be made for the, for the backers, also, you know, paying for the manpower. Also, you know, we were getting close to the end of the year and we, we hadn't raised – we still hadn't raised the rest of the money to shoot the film, <laughs> and then the news was broken to us like, no, you have to shoot this thing. Otherwise, the government is going to take half of this you money. You have to pay taxes on that crowdfunding. Oh, money. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you don't spend it before the year's over, then you're giving it back and to the government. And when did you find that out? 
We found it out. <laughs> we found out December after 1st. the raise. <laughs> yeah. After the raise, and it was like, uh, it, was, it was around September or something like that. I was like, shit, we got to go Holy start shit. moving. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so we, we went and we shot uh, like the first eight days of the movie. And you know, spent a you know a, a good amount of that money so that we didn't lose it to taxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. Well, this is I mean, this is the amazing He's, thing. That's the shit you learn that you don't know. Yeah, and it goes back to the fan who's like, "Could be taxes? Oh shit! Why don't you go to like Richard Branson and just get him to finance it? Hey, or something like that." He's got billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, what's five million? Yeah, like even even with the success of the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, you know, the studio was now very much aware of the movie, and okay, the fans are out there again, but we still we could not find investors, and so it wasn't until we actually shot the movie, put the footage together, which basically turned out to be like the first twenty pages of the movie, and then started showing it around. That then investors started showing up the following year, and we were able to put the money. And what was it that they that the investors needed specifically, and how did showing them footage get them on board? I think just the excitement of uh, of seeing that was fu- it was funny. Okay. You know what I mean? I, that that uh, it wasn't old or retread, or that there was something to it that they thought, you know, like anything else, they want to make. Which is not surprising. Present. I mean, yeah. when, when we were shot, we shot the first one, the script to all the major studios. We had, George Clooney was one of our executive producers, and he had us in there with the president of every studio, and they would say, well, first they would say like, um, so is, uh, is is George going to be in the movie? And we're like. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. no. no he's not. And they're like, okay, and how much do you guys want? Five million dollars. And, uh, and, and who's acting in it? We are. And who's directing it? I am. You know? And and, uh, and then they but would say, but you did it once already. Yeah. Well, no. But this is the first one. And they would say, look at this this scene here. It's all these guys saying meow to each oh, other. Oh right, gotcha. We don't. That's funny. Like we don't. Oh, you have to see it. And the, I mean, literally. And that's that's just what happens. Is people read your script and they're like, we. I mean. And the deal was actually pretty good for investors. <laughs> right. It was a really good deal for, for investors. One, for the second one yeah. now. And so – and we'd show it to these guys and say quite frankly to their faces, you're never going to get a deal this good again. If you're in independent film financing, this is the best offer you're ever going to get. And I stand by that. I think yeah. it's true. And everybody <laughs> – P&A people too just said no. But he, the interesting thing about that was because the landscape had changed, right? So the first Super Troopers made the bulk of its money on DVDs. You know, yeah. now the DVD market doesn't exist anymore. Right. So the studios were like, okay, let's look at the, let's see. So we made all the money in this column. This column doesn't exist, and we haven't figured out how to fill that gap yet. Uh, whether it's you know on demand or whatever, they just don't make the same kind of money as they did in DVD. Right. And so to them, that 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 money stream is gone. And so as they're making a decision whether to do the the sequel, they take that into consideration. So they figure they like, go, well, how are people going to? Because I'm sure it's probably not. Great for them financially. If like if people are getting all their stuff through, I don't know, iTunes or Amazon yeah. or whatever, I'm sure those companies are taking a a, a nice chunk yeah. of that for yeah. putting it on their streaming on their platforms. Yeah, but in DVD world, they would make a DVD for like 15 cents, right? And they sell it for 20 bucks, right? And then they make a shitload of money off, of right? It, you know, and so that that stream doesn't exist anymore. And so what are they going to do? And and are they going to make a bet on us? With that stream gone? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> the DVD guys? Yeah. And so I was like, well, let's go. So that was what the crowdfunding thing was. Let's go to crowdfunding and prove that the audience is out there. And that's what ended up working. Yeah, it's worked out. But like, uh, I mean. And it's all good because the movie got made. The movie got made. But, you know, but all the way through, I mean, I think three different times, the plug, nobody knew this, but the plug almost got pulled because there's always some shuckster out there who says he's got the money for you. And, right. and you're, you're rolling forward. And then at the last second, they're like. We, 
they're essentially saying we thought we we could have raised the money. This independent <laughs> financier is like, I thought I could have done it, but I can't do it, so I'm pulling out. And all of a sudden, you're two million short again, and, and you're oh. like, if we don't raise two million dollars by tomorrow, we're going to pack it up and go home. And oh somebody's going to have to go to Rob Lowe's trailer and say, "Hey, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> this was a tremendous waste of time." Yeah, that happened Funny, a few times. Someone's going to have to pull him out of his oxygen chamber. Yeah, yeah. Whatever is keeping him beautiful, because he's beautiful, he's stunning. Yes, he, he he told me a secret though. What? He said, uh, we, we rolled into an ADR session. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. And we, and we looked like shit. And he looked great. Like he walked, he came in, he looked great. And we're like, what's your thing? What's, how do you do this? He said, you don't know my secret? 10 hours of sleep a night. What? 10 hours of sleep a night. That's I, what he said. I can't sleep more than four. What am I, I know, but that's his thing. Yeah. He said, hey, make the 10 hours for yourself and you'll look like this. <laughs> yeah, you should also have told him, you should have been like, it also helps to be born looking like yeah, you, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he wasn't. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't. Having porcelain jeans yeah. is also very helpful. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in the Pony Boy days, maybe that's true. <laughs> now, I mean, I don't know. You know. God damn it. He is still very good looking. He's so good looking. Yeah. You just reminded me too. Fuck. I think I've been do- I think I've been doing a joke with Meow in it. God damn it! <laughs> we didn't corner the market on no, Meow jokes. I, but you I didn't want you to know that. Now I got now I have now I have an ethical problem if I need to keep if I keep doing this joke or not. Mm-hmm. It's because it's basically about how I've been like when I first started dating my wife, she, the cat didn't like me. Yeah, uh, and he would throw up on my feet. <laughs> And so it just kind of goes to this thing about how she leaves, and he throws up my feet, and then he paces back and forth, but it ends with him going, where's your god meow? <laughs> uh, just, yeah. So I, see, but I no, you, you I mean, we don't, you know. We but you know what? And you've been forthcoming with us. I was, see? The, oh, my God. You just brought it back. Yeah. You just brought it back to what we were talking about right at the beginning. Honesty. You, have, you have to use blessing. That's what, Yeah. <laughs> I crowdfunded yeah. the... Uh, yeah. But I, but I, I do think, you know, this, this world where... Um, people do have the ability to reach their audience directly. And also, like, this hybrid version of, like, well, we're working with fans, but we're also working with yeah. s- corporate structures. Yeah. And how do we keep everybody happy? I mean, it, I, I do. we are still in this strange frontier of yeah. it all. And is it something that you would do again? Or do you feel like, yeah, it was too, that whole process was too stressful that way? It, it, it was, was pretty hard. grueling. It was pretty grueling. And I mean, whatever, all in context. I mean, you're yeah. well, that's what, we're that's digging what, ditches, but it was like, you know. That's what happens. It's like this, this douchey <laughs> Hollywood thing. It's like you sit there and grouse about how hard you're working, how hard you're begging. That's right. basically what it is. And all, I mean, because one of the things. But also what you're promising. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the, the amount of time and things that you do to meet the obligations can become. Too expensive, you know. Right, I mean, it becomes right, like right. not, you know. Yeah, I mean, we tried. You know, we we did try to not just beg. Like we we looked at various campaigns and so. Like some people would just put up one video and be like, "Hey, give us money." Right. And we actually we we specifically said let's put something new up every single day. And so you know we filmed that over the course of a few days. But like there was a new a new like vignette every single day for the uh, for the for the campaign for how so. many for all 30 days yeah. yeah oh wow but also i mean we we made deals like we made a deal with fandango where people could actually buy an advance ticket to the movie oh, which is cool. a new thing like people hadn't done that before yeah us. That, was, that was a partnership so with that's, fandango it, it, it was actually like you're actually getting a little something for your you know your the perks were good i mean you know we it was surprising though like we offered i think it was was it $35,000 for the squad car yeah and that went in the first few hours, Holy shit. which was shocking. We had a twenty-five million dollar prize where we would uh, <laughs> we we would sire a child. 
<laughs> Didn't work out. Nobody bought that oh, one. Crazy. Nobody bought it. No. Well, they were concerned because you wouldn't know who the real father was. Well, you, I mean, well, you, it'd be well, one you, of five guys. Yeah, yeah. In advance, and if you the know. kid came out Indian, you'd know who it was. Or yeah. if the kid was fat, you know who it was. Well, we wondered if what would happen if you shook it up, like if it would come out like sure. short, fat, and, <laughs> and brown. Mix sure. all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mix all together. Just, yeah. See what happens. A hideous. <laughs> didn't happen. No, we bought it. Is broken lizard, uh, Frankenstein monster. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been hideous. I'm sure someone out there is like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to. I'm gonna, I don't know who this character is, by the way. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until after the movie, so I'm going to fuck those guys for free. Yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah. I don't need to pay them 25 million dollars. I'll have that baby. I don't <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it all fuck. Hey. Hey. Oh, come on. Anybody wants yeah. a shot at this? Yeah. Come hey, on. Come on. But no, I mean, you, you know too. I mean, you. you 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 walk that tightrope too of fandom and corporate structure and you know how yeah. to get the word out and yeah, get but your I've, stuff out there. I, but, and, but it's rare that I've ever. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess when you perform live, you're asking people for money because they're paying sure. to come see a show. But but in terms of you know, like I've always wanted the podcast to be free. Yeah, and even if I ever did a premium version of the podcast that like didn't have ads or anything, yeah. sponsorships and anything in it, I would never take away the free version from people because yeah. I just. You know, I, I don't – I think there's a difference between seeing people as like a well of money to try to dig out of yeah. and then seeing your community of, of fans as like, okay, well, if, if, I, if you want me to make this, then I, I, this, this is, I need this to yeah. make this. And if you don't want that, no problem. Yeah. Um, but just not – I think it really boils down to like just not looking at them as wallets. Or yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and the great thing is going around and, and being able to meet the people. Like – I remember. I don't know if you remember this. There was that one time we were, we were coming from a show. We're walking through an airport. It's probably in Chicago or Detroit, like somewhere really fucking cold. And we're walking through one of those like air, you know, one of those airport hallways. And all of a sudden, like the door opens from the outside, and the fucking wind blows in, and some guy comes in in one of those like snow covered. The guy who was on the tarmac, you know, like, uh-huh. the baggage, whatever it is, and he walks in and he looks at us. He goes, "Oh my god, you guys!" And we're like, "Hey!" And he goes. I donated to your campaign. I'm so excited for the holy movie. Shit. And you're like, holy shit. And here's a guy, you know, works hard. He's out in the fucking cold and he comes in, but still, he contributed to your campaign. You know? Yeah. And those are the moments you're like, holy shit. Thank you. And that's an amazing it, connection. It is know? the, it's the one thing nobody prepared us for was, was that moment that happens over and over again. You know, whether it's 100 people showing up on the set or, or that guy. Yeah. It, it happens a lot now in the most random places, the most random people. Literally, I mean, they just come up to you and say it, and, and that's the beauty of that crowdfunding thing is to is to run into these people who, you know, they they're your fans and they they want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's the great thing. And they and you know, I mean, it's funny. It's like we you know we do a meet and greet after every one of our live shows, and the people come to the shows, and they're always there. You know, there's a bunch of people online who you know, I'll see them talking to Kevin, and then he'll say. Indiegogo. And then you're like, hey! And you feel, I mean, you're connected to them. You're really connected to well, them. Well, yeah, because it is, you know, it's it's amazing enough if, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I really like your thing. You're like, oh yeah. my God, that's so nice. Thank you for saying it. But it's another thing, if someone is going to separate themselves from their very oh, yeah. hard-earned money and go, I believe in you this much <laughs> yeah. that, right. you know, whatever I had, even if it was like 10 bucks here, you know, I mean, that's, that is a, that's an incredible statement, especially in this world where so many different things are asking people for oh, their God. money, and it's yeah. so easy to spend money now with just your goddamn phone in your yeah. pocket. And there's so much different entertainment that you can get, and yeah. different ways that you you know whatever make yourself happy. Yeah, no, I mean we've had people <laughs> who are like, yeah, we gave multiple times. Uh, you know, I would make my get my paycheck, 
and put this much money as, as much as I could down. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I get this paycheck. I put a little more down. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't hear this anymore. Like, this is it's breaking my heart. But, it's like, so nice. it's just – it's. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So we spent hundred grand in the movie and got uh, $4 million worth of great blowjobs in Amsterdam. Yeah, boom. Yeah. Thank you for I your mean, money. Thank you for your contribution. Yeah, well, but, you. the, but the problem is you know that, that that's the, the, the insidious side of crowdfunding is oh, you know yeah. shit like that has sure. happened. And so I'm sure it's not – you know, I'm, I, I'm sure that Kickstarter and Indiegogo and places like that have, you know, figured out as much as they can how to – Dissuade that oh, yeah. kind of you know that kind of behavior. We heard stories about people got sued, who didn't you know meet their obligations, and they took the money and went and did something else. I mean that yeah, that stuff happens, you know. Yeah, but thanks. I mean, you know, one of the, our philosophies always has has been. I mean, our producer Rich Perello is is the guy who produced all of our movies. And I mean, he he runs a a morally tight ship. <laughs> Good, and it's really important because you know in the film industry yeah. there are a million productions that have people. I mean, they die because of these, you know, investors that haven't been properly vetted or, you know, or they're promising one thing over here saying, hey, I got this guy. Give me some money. I mean, we, we have run into that. Sure. Uh, but thankfully, we we run a very righteous ship. And I think that that <laughs> Says helps you. us. Yeah. Says you, let oh, me. Hey. Hey, come on. Yeah. Hey, when are you going to put this burma me? Yeah. yeah. Hey, come on. We're going after Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let's make I me a baby. the same guy. Same guy. The same, same guy. guy. Yeah. Totally. Might be a girl. I don't know. Might be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the same guy lady. Yeah. Who yeah. could be? Could be. I don't know. You know, we're not trying to. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. It's not important. Yeah. It's not important to the story. It doesn't. Yeah. It's the money that counts. It's the money and the sperm. Yeah. And the sperm. Yeah. And mixing it all together. What do you get? Broken lizard cocktail, baby. That's all. But luckily, it's good. The movie came out. Katie Levine saw a rough cut. Right? Good, right? Great. You know, that could... Oh, did you see the rough cut? Yeah. I just got it sent to me like a day ago. Oh, you did? Oh, I'm going to watch it too. Somebody sent you You, the movie? You've got the final cut. Oh, I do have the final cut. Oh, wow. Good for you, man. The next Broken Lizard movie, by the way, is that that, that one person is like, okay... I want to have a baby, and I'm going to give all of you guys a shot at it. <laughs> right. And you all just compete for whoever the dad is. Yeah, who's the most virile? Yeah, yeah who's the most virile? And even afterwards, you don't know until the baby's born. That's, That's right. kind of the reveal. Yeah. It's like a reality show. Yeah, a reality yeah, show. yeah exactly. I, I would win. I would win. <laughs> what? I'm like Luke Skywalker with the Death Star, like one shot, boom, oh, right, right in the pregnant, yeah. boom, yeah. pregnant. Bam. Yeah. That's your special power? Yeah. 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 I'm like 10 for 10. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you've had sex 10 times. I have. Yeah. Every time. Kids. Every time they're yeah. pregnant. Yeah. It's amazing. That's I'm the guy who gets blown up as he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pull out, pull out, pull yeah. up. Well, Is that we, Porkins? Yeah, I think it's Porkins. Actually, somebody sent me, somebody <laughs> sent me. Porkins. The Porkins, so like terrible. a Porkins poster. With Farva's face on the Porkins <laughs> thing. It's like the Porkins with the helmet. You know what I mean? It's like Porkins. So like, Thank you? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'll think, take it. Thank you, man. Certainly an iconic no, moment sure. from my it's childhood. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Uh, when does the movie actually come out? As you said, I know it's the Avenger. Oh, so it's 420. April. 420. Oh, my See? God. See? Clever. That was Fox's idea. 420. You guys. But they know, came, right? They came up with that idea last year when the movie was completed. Right. We finished the movie last summer. Uh-huh. And then they are like, we had a great idea. 420 falls on a Friday in 2018. Oh. And we're like, yeah, but that's eight months yeah, from we're now. Like, but 2018 like, is do it. next year. <laughs> Let's do it. And they're like, okay. And we're like, all right. And we're like, ah. But uh, it turned out to be kind of the right thing. Because well, it's nice. It's a, it's a holiday weekend for us, yep. basically. They've created yep. a holiday weekend event. But also, yep. we're the redheaded stepchild of Fox Searchlight. Like, Fox Searchlight, they have all their award movies, Shape of Water and Three Billboards. Those are all their movies. And they have to do, Shape of Masturbating and Water. That's right. Yeah. 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 And they have to do all that shit up the award seasons 
and we'd have got lost in the show. Now they're done with the award seasons, and we're sitting here. <sighs> that's, but so f- that's what's so great is that there are probably no expectations, you know, yeah. like in the sense of, hey, you know what? You guys raised a chunk of the money. They're so focused on other stuff. Yeah. But if your movie sneaks through and makes $100 million, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, nice Good for job. them. Well, I, I mean, I know that that's been happening. You know, we released the trailer, and it got 50 million views in a week. Jesus. Which was something that caught everybody by surprise. Right. I mean, Including as, Fox. Yeah, it's ludicrous. <laughs> it's ludicrous that that should happen. But, like, I, th- I think the biggest thing is that they are, it's like, it's almost like the movie Room. Mm-hmm. Like, they get released. You know, they're... After award season? Well, they're, it's like, no, literally, it's like they do Guillermo del Toro, Toro movies mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and, like, all these very classy, highbrow projects cut to us with the Searchlight PR team at WWE two days ago, <laughs> front row in Indianapolis, and, like, the, the PR girls, they're like, this is the best! Yeah. <laughs> Look at Randy Orton's thighs! <laughs> By the way, let's just take a step back, though. You said very classy, and, and I'm not, I'm not going gonna, gonna to take away from what you said, but... Super Troopers, um, a movie about a bunch of uh, cops coming together to do a thing. Yeah. Shape of Water, Lady Fucks a Swamp Monster. Right. So what sounds classier on paper if you're thinking about it? Fish fucking or... In fact, you're... (laughs) Fish fucking or Super Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) America's law enforcement or fish fucking. Yeah, or Grinding Nemo is what what it's been called. Grinding Nemo. Grinding Nemo. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Hey, look, Slumdog, we got slammed. We always get slammed. They're like, oh, yeah, potty humor. It's masturbation. It's shit jokes. We haven't done one shit joke. Slumdog Millionaire, that kid wound up. Fox Searchlight movie. Fox Searchlight movie. He wound up like in a, an outhouse covered in shit, and it won an Oscar. Yeah. So, yeah. We've never done you a shit joke. The funny thing, remember this weekend, or this past couple days ago, we were doing a WWE cross-promotion event in Indianapolis, and they sent our uniforms out there, right? So... We're putting our uniforms on. We're in the <laughs> locker room putting our uniforms on to do something with the WWE guys. And the Fox people are there, and we're like, ah, I bet uh, Doug Jones didn't bring his uh, fish suit around. Is that his name Doug Jones? Doug Jones, yeah. yeah. didn't bring his fish suit with him. And they're like, as a matter of fact, he did. Yep. He brought his fish suit with him on all the promotional events, and he puts it on. He and puts like, it what? on. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Really? Oh, so yeah. that's all makeup? We just put yeah. on the... For the oh, fish okay. suit. And then he gets laid. Yeah. Then he gets action. Yeah. So let me just pitch another idea to you guys, because I'm sure this has been pitched to you a million times before you've thought about it. Um, th- this is for the third installment. Okay. Super Troopers yeah. meets Reno 911. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. We do that. Just the mashup. We put the shorts on. You, and then <laughs> The dangle shorts, right? Yeah. yeah. He wears the short shorts. Yeah. yeah. Dangle yeah. wears the short yeah, shorts. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like for, you know, because in this world of... You know, bringing in the like tying all the Avengers movies, like all the universes yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, comedy, the cop comedy cop universe universe thing. It, it, that would be like Avengers versus X Men. Sure, thing. Yeah, sure. It needs it. It and, wants it. And it. Re- I think. I think. And how do you escalate it? How do you you know? How do you keep escalating? It's not like you can go. Well, the third one, they're in space. Or they go to Europe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like right. it's got to it's got to be a sure. Troopers versus it Reno Nine One One. Could be a great crossover thing. I'm I'm open to that. Yeah, I'm open. And to that. and uh, we visit uh, like we go up to a log cabin to visit our mentors. It's the police academy guys. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. God damn it! You just fucking god damn it! It's Michael and Michael Winslow, Winslow making sounds. There and stuff. Yeah. Fucking Gutenberg right. is Mahoney. Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ! You just blew my goddamn mind. There it is. No, that was a group effort. That was a group God effort. damn it. You know, oh, and the bummer part about that is that this, this, this kind of an idea, just to let people know how things work, and I'm 100% serious that you should try to do this, but um, 
You get lawyers on the phone, and these are lawyers who couldn't give a shit about any of these no, properties. Absolutely. And they'll be like, well, no, we should own the whole thing. You didn't even care about this before we talked about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Don't you just want sure. cool things to exist? No, they'll just kill it dead. No, they'll just, it'll, it'll die in the BA floor, yeah. unfortunately. Well, I mean, you ultimately have to have the studio do it. That's, that's what happened was when we did Beer Fest, and at the end of Beer Fest, we made a joke, coming soon, Pot Fest. Right. And so it was just a joke that we put up there because Willie Nelson's in the last scene with us, and that was a funny joke, haha. And then after the movie came out, we started getting all these phone calls from people that they wanted. They wanted to know if it was real, and we're talking about like people like Snoop Dogg and Cheech and Chong and uh, Fifty Cent, Fifty, yeah, uh, Woody, Woody yeah. Harrelson and Willie, and they're like, "Are you guys really making this movie? Because let's get let's get together and let's all make this movie." <laughs> and they're like, never, really? it never happened." And uh, well, because because Warner Brothers owned. The idea, oh. and one of those is make pop movies. Got it. And uh, this is like pre-Hangover, so like they didn't even make rated R movies, and they made Harry Potter and whatever it was. So, and then we we ended that up. Has s- pot in it. I know Harry Potter. Of- You're right. Then we sold another version of it to Universal, and they couldn't get it past their corporate. Uh, Structure, you know, so we it ended up just kind of falling by the waste. Oh, that's such a bummer! It's, it's been fun. It's well, a cannonball but, run of but, pop movies. But if Super Troopers two does well at the box office, then I think there'll probably be some conversations. It's a new culture these days, you know. Everything's changed. New weed culture, these yeah. Days. Since we've had those those talks, yeah. And we'll see. But it's funny too because now, like, I mean, literally, we're in the the press ramp up for Super Troopers two, and on Twitter. It's just like, okay, but when's PotFest coming out? <laughs> We're like, dude, it's Not taken enough, us like 10 years to get this Not movie enough, made. People are like, good enough. well, how about PotFest? We're like, I, I don't know. Okay, you sure. Know, it was really hard to make this one. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the next thing coming? I don't care about that. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. I don't care. You just said you were going to make it. <laughs> Do it. You know? It's like at the, end, at the end of History of the World Part 1, they tease History of the World Part 2. Yeah. You know, Mel Brooks never made it. I know. I always wanted to see Jews in space. Me too. God. Yeah. They never, they never made it. You know? Should have. Does, does the flying star of David Starcraft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually been watching Spaceballs uh, lately in my house. Oh, yeah? With the kids? With the three-year-old and okay. the six-year-old. Okay. And they're into it. And oh. it just it's such a reminder of how lovely a person Mel, Mel Brooks is. <laughs> I, like, I see him at my local steakhouse. I've got a local steakhouse out there in the valley. Right. And I see him, uh, you know, a few booths down every now and then. Right. And it's like... It's just, it's a magical thing. Can I show you something? And I've never done this before, but I'm going to okay. run upstairs on the yeah, podcast. Right. And I'm going to, because I, because I want to, I, I feel like I want to show this to you. <laughs> okay. Sh- sh- should we talk amongst ourselves? Is he going to walk in here with the Rick Moranis uh, helmet on or no? Oh my, the giant Rick Moranis yeah, helmet? Yeah, the giant, uh, the black helmet. You know what we should do though? Yeah. Is just talk mad sports while he's gone. <laughs> This is when Katie Levine gets to break out. Hardwick's gone. Okay. Katie Levine. Katie Levine can talk about sports as much as she wants to talk about sports. It's Got it. I mean, the running backs are moving all over the NFL. <laughs> I love it. All over the NFL. I know. I truly love it. I know. It's not the same player. The Giants just signed Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. I'm not that, I'm not excited. That's fine, but you know, but, you know the Browns okay. are getting Carlos Hyde. I know. Frank Goreward. Is Frank Gore going someplace? Uh, Detroit. <laughs> He's like, okay. Wait, and so then, yeah, the, so, uh, so then the Lando. San Francisco 49ers said, uh, oh. Oh, hey, oh, "Oh, look at that! Oh, it is! Look at that! Holy crap! I was, I was joking that that might be. Oh, wow! Wait a it's second! Signed by Rick Moranis. Yeah, and no. my is that the real one? Yes, that's the real one. Yes, signed by Mel Brooks oh, wow. and yes. Rick Moranis. I bought it at an auction last year, and uh, um, Mel's son Max is a friend of mine. I said, oh. I might. I'm, I'm trying to buy Dark Helmet an auction. He goes, <laughs> oh my God. "Oh, if you get it, I'll get my dad to sign it." Oh and my so, God. Uh, and then when Mel signed it, then I Rick had been on the podcast, so I reached out to him when I was going to New York, and he was like, "Sure," and he came and signed it too. So. Oh my God! I need to take a picture of you with that 
on your head. Sure, you, yeah. you on that head. Well, I'm definitely going to do that. Now, uh, so it's not the kind of thing that you can, yeah, you can't mail that to Rick Moranis. You no. have to arrange a meeting yes. for Rick Moranis to come and put that. Yes, yes, yes. Sign that. Yes, I traveled oh, with it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe you just walked out. I was like, oh, I've got Rick Moranis a helmet up there or something. Yeah. Then boom. I mean, that's an iconic piece of it is, it's cinema really history. Good, it's in really good shape, too. How many, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, but how many of those think were made? Like, probably like three or four of them ever were There's, sitting there up there I, in the air? I honestly one. think one. it might just be the one. Really? Because you can see that, I mean, you can see the inside of the, yeah. that it was, it's been worn. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I haven't heard, and you, you know, you see how it's all set up and the, the gaff tape and everything. Yeah. I don't. I really don't think there were... I think this might have been it. So now, okay, so you, you purchase that at an auction, you say? Yeah. And then what happens next? Like, you go home with it. How many days do you wear that? Out? Do you wear it out in public? <laughs> on Halloween, uh-huh. if you were on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, what happens in, next? In sexual situations with the wife. Yeah, yeah. Okay, come on. You Does know. she put it on? She puts... <laughs> yeah. Put the helmet on, baby. Because that's really baby, what you put the helmet on. Right? Yeah. Baby, put the helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. Just lift it up and say so you yeah. can't breathe in this thing. Please, come on. Yeah. Just do do I have do to do it again? Yeah. Do please, I have please, to? Please. Come on. Ludicrous really? speed, please. Just say ludicrous oh. speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It is now. It's in a box, but because I'm trying to figure out how to display it, right? And there's a company that makes some props that we've bought some movie props from, and I showed it to them, and they go, "We can make a bust of Rick Moranis's perfect. head. That's perfect, and display it on that. So you, it's you can keep it closed, but if you flip it up, then you just see his face <laughs> yeah. underneath. So I think that might be the way to go. But it, it ultimately should be, you know, like in a display sure. case. Yeah. Sure. Um, and and now, how many times have you? You said this is the first time you've busted this out on the podcast, or I mean, well, it's the first time that I've left the podcast, right? Microphones <laughs> to go do something, go get it, and right? Then, but you just you mentioned spaceballs, and it's just, it was one floor up, so I had to I had to bring it, right? I had to bring it down. Yeah, it is. It and it's kind of funny, and it, it, but it, again, this kind of ties back into the idea of fandom because it, if you're around our age, this helmet me, means so much oh, to yeah. a certain sector of us. But anyone else would be like, what the fuck would you pay money for yeah, that for? Yeah. Like anyone else would just have no no concept of yeah. what this yeah. is or why yeah. I would why I would I think Spaceball gets better with age, by the way. Yeah. It's great. I, 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 I really, like watching with my kids, I was like, you know, I hadn't watched it in a long time. Right. And it was so much better than I remembered it being. And you yeah. still have a thing for Daphne Zuniga or what? I mean, you know. <laughs> Daphne's with the, it started with the sure thing. Daphne, yeah, okay. of course. Daphne Zuniga started with the sure thing. For me, yeah, she was spectacular. Sure. She is spectacular. Sure. And then yeah. when she joined the uh, the Mel- Screen Actors Guild, I was like, the, you know, the uh, the, the board. <laughs> oh no! I'm, now I'm thinking of Gabriella Carteris. Okay. Uh, I want, okay. But okay. don't get mixed up. Did you start showing up to SAG meetings all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I was just curious if I could ask. Uh... Well, that actually happened when we were making the Slam and Salmon. Yeah. The the SAG strike was looming. Right, and and the writer strike was was ongoing at that moment, and we had Morgan Fairchild in the in the movie, and she was on the on the Screen Actors Guild board, mm-hmm. and so she was telling me uh, we were on set. She was telling me about all the sort of like the ins and outs of uh, the the looming strike and everything. And Couldn't then, have been more boring. Yeah, so boring. Yeah, <laughs> and, th- and they were like, "Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling," and so we had to whisper then, and so she continued. Uh, talking about the strike to me, but in my ear, very quietly, <laughs> and I could feel her hot breath. Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, and and, on, and her lips re- sometimes would touch my earlobe, <laughs> and uh, and it was lucky. I mean, we were playing waiters, so I had a Czech presenter tucked into my apron. Sure, of course, yeah, which was you know keeping me at bay, but yeah. it, was, it was a hot moment. I mean, that that is one of the. There's just kind of weird moments like that. Where you're like, is this? 
is this real? Am I, am I alive? Is this really a thing or did I die? That was one. And when we made uh, Club Dread, when uh, Paxton, Bill Paxton tapped me on the shoulder and uh, I looked at him and he was like, he indicated to me to look down. I looked down and his dick was out. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he said, <laughs> and he goes, beef, it's what's for dinner. <laughs> And, and at that moment, I was like... Doing a Sam Elliott yeah. impersonation? Yeah, Sam yeah. Elliott. Who he was in Tombstone yes. with? Yeah. God exactly. damn it. And at that moment, I was like, I was saying to myself, when I was like 15, 16 years old, watching Weird Science and loving Chet. Yeah. <laughs> loving Chet. Did I ever think like 25 years from now or whatever, I'm going to look at his dick. I'm going to be staring and he's going to say, beef, it's what's for dinner. And he's going to be doing a bit. Yeah. It's yeah. not just looking at it. Yeah. There's a bit. It's the, the main character in his bit. Now, my question is, if you, because I've, I've never done a dick bit yeah. like that where it's just that. Sure. So uh, what's the dismount, right? So once you go, <laughs> beef, it's what's for dinner, do you guys go, ah, but then he still has to like tuck it away yeah. and zip yeah. up the, like, what's the dismount? Yeah. So that? anyway. Uh, anyway. Okay, uh, yeah, politics of <laughs> Right or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this one is that he pulls out his dick. And yeah. He pulls out his dick and then matches it. Right. Yeah. Well, beef. What's for dinner was our running. Sure. Then, then that became joke. a running line for the whole shoot. Yeah. Know? Then it would probably probably I would be like, well, that doesn't look like dinner. That's more like an appetizer, <laughs> and we'd get childish like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then you'd blow each other. Or sure. whatever. Bada bada bing, bada or whatever. Or whatever. What, what happens or on a whatever. set stays on a set. Yeah. yeah you know what whatever. I don't kiss beef and is tell. Literally for dinner. Yeah. Beef is literally. <laughs> yeah. I, li- I cut off his dick and I ate it. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, this I ate it. Took a total other turn. <laughs> yeah, no, I ate it. I had no. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. confirming was, that that it was delicious. Oh my god! Well, at least it was good. Yeah, it was delicious. That was your holy shit moment. Right? That that was a holy shit moment. I can't believe I'm with this guy. Mine was uh, one of mine was uh, beer fest. Donald Sutherland was in the movie. Uh-huh. And he has a small part in the in the beginning of the movie. And you know, does Donald Sutherland love him for you know Mash and Animal House, whatever, the, love everything, the love the guy. And so uh, he came to the set. He only shot for one day, and um, we were doing the scene, and he didn't understand. Like he couldn't figure it out in his mind. He's an actor, you know, and he couldn't quite figure out the dialogue. And so he said, "Who wrote this?" And then uh, I, I walked over. I was like, I, "Well, I, I did." And he said, "What does this mean?" <laughs> and I said, "Well," and I and I, I told him, "Well, it means." And I started saying the dialogue. He goes, "Don't you give me a line read? <laughs> Tell me what it means." <laughs> and at that point, I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> you fucking asshole!" <laughs> and he proceeded to be a prickly dick yeah. the whole day. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, "God damn it! I love Donald Sutherland. What happened?" And so so your, 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 moment was, your, was mo- your moment was getting basically getting shit from... Yeah, for Donald which Sutherland. Is, which is still kind of a, a badge of honor in a weird sort of way. It was good because I loved He was I showing you his fact. emotional dick. It was. And, and I was the... <laughs> the I, I was the... Yes, he was. He was. He was. And I was the focus of his ire. But, you know, that's, yeah. you know... That's but, okay. you know, also, uh, unbelievably cool as shit was that, like... He's playing our the the grandfather yeah. who's who's bedridden sick. Yeah. And he was offering, you know, he in in the movie he's chugging beers and, and you know, he's passed away and now they're reading his video will and in and in that he's chugging beers between his proclamations. And so he was offered uh the special FX one which had a tube that would suck the beer out of the glass and and he said, "No, I'm not going to do that. My character's drinking these beers." Right. <laughs> so and then he, it's great, Donald. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> it's not not really, but yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Chris said it was. Uh, right, you know, okay. It was pretty, okay. Pretty okay. Spot on. okay. But then it was like, okay, well, do you uh, do you need to go to the bathroom? He's like, my character is ill and bedridden. He would not be able to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. He sat. For six hours, he sat in that bed and chugged beers and never once got out of bed. <laughs> that is amazing. Did you remind him the movie was Beer Fest and not <laughs> exactly. like a, yeah. a, and not like a, a Sony yes. Pictures classic yeah. period yeah. piece? You don't That's have right. to. Yeah. In you my can mind, make I'm like, some of this. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Whatever, Sutherland. Whatever. Yeah. Just get out of bed and go to the bathroom. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Check it out. Here's my dick. This is how it works. It's <laughs> what's for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Pee all over him. <laughs> I like that you told the story about Sutherland being a fucking asshole to you. Well, he was. I mean, there's no question. I mean, you know. But you were no like. no question about it. And you were like, when I was a kid watching Animal House. Oh, yeah. Did I ever think this guy would yeah. be a, like such a of the body snatchers? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you're like. But no, he was. Uh, he was. Not that nice of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Quite honest with you. I, I like uh, one of my. This has nothing to do with. But this is another celebrity thing. We were. Um, I think we were promoting. Uh, Club Dread. Yeah. yeah. Or no, no, I know. It, we were about to start shooting Club Dread. We were in the process of casting. Yeah. And, uh, and Paul Sorter and I, like Fox flew us out to Los Angeles and they put us in first class. Right. And so, uh, and sitting, <laughs> sitting Hollywood across Hollywood the... Hollywood assholes. <laughs> yeah, assholes. Yeah, with the crowdfunding money. <laughs> uh, no, no. And so, and, uh, so across the aisle, it was uh, Adam Arkin. Uh-huh. Alan, Not Alan, but the no, son. Adam. Alan's son, right. Adam. Right. And, uh, and, and Paul Sorter and I were playing cards. We were, we were in the habit of playing this game, Deuces. Mm-hmm. And we're just playing, you know, it's you know, it's like any other card game, like you know, round after round after round <laughs> after round. And uh, and Paul got up and he went to the bathroom. And Adam Arkin uh, looked over and he and he came over to me. And in my mind, I had that thought for like one second. I thought he was going to say, uh, "I read uh, your guy's script, uh, <laughs> Club Dread," because we were casting that role. And I uh, just want to say it's really good. I'm a big fan of you guys. Another and I'd, amazing I'd love to, impression. To play Another it. amazing impression. <laughs> But what he what he said was uh, he was like uh, excuse me the um, the the sound could you guys the sound of the cards uh, cutting on the on the table it's like <laughs> it's like a knife cutting through the air I was wondering if you guys could uh, just stop playing cards holy shit <laughs> and I was like uh, yeah sure no problem and then he went and and sat back down. And I can only imagine from his point of view what it was like to watch my buddy come and sit back down next to me. Watch me lean over and say something to him, and then the two of us burst out laughing, <laughs> and then continue to play cards. You know what? That then that sort of opens up. Then then it's just you go back and forth. The laboratory is just crop dusting. You just silent farts all the way back and yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. Beside, behind. Now I have a I have a I have a uh, a positive story with okay. something where I don't know if I've ever. If I told this on the podcast, it's been years. But is it an Adam Arkin story? It's not an Adam Arkin story. It's even better. It's even better because it it's very open to interpretation, and I don't. I, there's not really an ending to the story. Okay. Okay. It's just an experience, and maybe you can tell me what it means. But this was years ago when I was working for. I was still working for MTV. And I was flying to like spring break or something for MTV spring break. And we were flying over. It was, it was like the first time I think they flew me in first class. So this was a very big deal. Sure, to me. sure. Before the mm-hmm. MTV, they wouldn't do it. And they would use other on-air talent to pit you against each other. Sure. Go, we're not going to fly you business class. I mean, uh, you know, Bill Bellamy didn't fly business class his first two years. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, so I'm flying first class. Uh, and I had a, a whole kind of ro- the two row the two seats to myself and then um, across from the aisle is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme oh okay 
Okay. I like JCVD. it already. JCVD. I like it already. So we're flying over a storm, which I'd never really seen before. It's nighttime. We're flying over a storm, right. and we're flying over a lightning storm. And it was one of the most breath. This is probably like 96, 97. It's one of the most breathtaking things I'd ever seen. There's just like lightning whipping through the clouds, and it sort of looks like what I imagine, um, you know, like a brain in a sci-fi movie would look like. It's just so electrical and beautiful. And I sort of just said out loud in a pre-social media era, God, it's so it's such a bummer that there's this is the most incredible thing I've seen. It's such a bummer that there's no way to take this experience and put it into someone else's head. And I wasn't saying it to him directly, but I just sort of said it. And he he kind of he like he leans way over. He might have actually gotten up and sat next to me and he goes, "Ah, but no. <laughs> this experience was just for you and it was special. <laughs> and because of that, you own this experience and you should always cherish it." Wow. And then he got back up and sat in it. That was the only interaction I had with wow. him. Yeah. Was him just to come over and drop some sort of beautiful philosophical mantra. Wow. For this, for this experience that I had with this thing. And have you I've, met him since? No. Okay. I don't know if that's how he, if, I don't know if he was drunk or if he's just super hippie or philosophical or Belgian. whatever it was. Belgian. He's Belgian, right? Isn't he? Maybe that's what it is. I think that's what it is. He's yeah. a time cop is the what Belgian he is. Time like cop. That. There's another okay. one. Time cop's okay. got to come in halfway through your movie. We've got to. And be like, guys. Oh, we've got to. And uh, Van Damme does the split, you know? And sure. On the wall. All right. You know I mean? So that that is the big reveal. It's just, people will forget by the time it comes out, but that's the big reveal is that Time Cop comes in at some point and gets involved Boom. In, in, the, in the thing. And takes us back in time. Yeah. Should we bring RoboCop into it? I mean, I, like, are we jumping the shark if I, if I bring RoboCop yeah. into it? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. Maybe okay. just because they just did a RoboCop yeah. not that long ago. And also, Har- right. don't say that Harold will go upstairs and get the RoboCop head and bring it down here. Like, <laughs> I don't have any RoboCop head. I have the RoboCop so. head. I'm hoping he's going to go up there and bring John claude Van Damme down here. Like, check out what I've got. He just jumps down. Yeah, he comes down. And it's like, yeah. oh, how are you? I want John Claude. Told Van you Damme. never to tell anyone, and then he breaks my neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he says, "Time moment." <laughs> yeah. And then he looks at me and says, "Now this is your moment." And then we go, oh, "Thank oh, you, okay. thank you very much." Tell yeah. I, I feel like he's doing a good job of like coming back. I mean, I didn't see the movie JCVD, but I heard it was great. Yeah. And I've seen him in a bunch of commercials where he's sort of parodying himself. And I'm, sure. And and he seems to get kudos along the way for these things. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, but the indications that I have when I met him twenty years ago, over twenty years ago, was that he came off like a good guy, like yeah. a, like a nice, normal, good guy, like that, you know. So not a not not in the camp of martial arts people that you're like, oh yeah, they're not. Don't go near them. Yeah, sure, you know? right. Well, He's, even in the, the movie, Steven Seagal uh, camp or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, and and you could see it in the movies, like in the Seagal movies back then. Something I noticed: Seagal never got hit. He was invincible. Like no right. matter how many guys came at him, like he'd always dodge them and snap their arm at a ninety degree. Aikido. But Van Damme, they would kick the shit out of him. <laughs> right. Van Damme was always on his hands and knees, sure. bloodied eyes. And he'd come back. He'd right. dig down deep and, right. and come Blood back. Sport. And I always, I always felt in all of them, Lionheart yeah. uh-huh. and the others. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest. And the others. But I always, I always felt that that was indicative of what their personalities were. Like Seagal's just like, no way. And Van Damme is like, yeah, t- you take me to the end of the line. And like, <laughs> I mean, again, another amazing. Sure. I'm known for this. Another, I'm known just, for my great yeah, impressions. Just, just, yeah, I'm known yeah. for it. An yes. amazing array, uh, uh, an arsenal, Jason. Of, DVD, of, uh, of impressions. It's funny because like when we first started doing our podcast, yeah. one of the things I pitched to you was like, I want to do impressions every episode <laughs> and then yeah. get our guests to do impressions. Right. And the thing is I've only got like one impression. Sure. Or, like, then we would have people on like, like Will Sasso would come on who's an amazing impressionist. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Would just, he, he would just kick your ass. He would do the shitty impression I was trying to do. Yeah. 
in and, like a second and work it out. And then you realize it wasn't really worth your time. Oh man, yeah. I forgot when man when Will Sasso came on, we did this whole riff about if Van Halen did songs about having small dicks. We called it Small Dick Van Halen. <laughs> and we just were saying that I live my life like I've got a small peanut. You know, like and it was just the dumbest thing that we and people talked to me about that for like a year. They're like, you gotta, I don't know, tour it or just make an album of Small Dick Van Halen. I was like, no, I think it was just fun in the snippets yeah, that you yeah. heard. I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if you'd want a whole if you really got the whole album, you'd be like Oh, thanks, I <laughs> no, guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. No, he's, we I mean, had the fun thing with the same thing with Sasso because well, he's in Super Troopers too, uh-huh. Sasso is. And so we were in the hotel uh, <laughs> after recording a podcast in the hotel with him when we were shooting. And he was doing this routine of Schwarzenegger ordering f- a food off the, uh, yeah, from room service. service. And it was the funniest thing. I, I wish I could do it. It was the funniest thing I ever heard. And it got so loud that the phone rang and it was the person next door at the hotel. <laughs> Asking us to keep it down. Was and it Adam Arkin? Okay, yeah, right. But it led to this whole other riff of maybe that person believing that it really was Schwarzenegger in the room ordering off room service. He should and have answered as Schwarzenegger and said, yeah. yeah. I know it. Opportunity but, you know, missed, guys. God I know we Next up. time, get you're in Will a hotel with Will Get Will Sasso in a hotel. Now, in fact, that was the episode. So we got kicked out. We got a noise complaint. So we were like, all right, let's move this to another room. And so we had the whole portable kit walking through the hotel. <laughs> and we and Kevin... Well, okay, I'll say this. One of us <laughs> accidentally gave away what hotel we were staying in in, right. in Waltham, Massachusetts. Right. And we started getting the uh, the tweets saying like, hey, you gave away the location of your hotel. And <laughs> we didn't know. for a month. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't know which one of us it was. And, yeah. so, and that's always nerve-wracking and broken lizard. Like when you fuck up. Like if, if it turns out to be you, you're going to get killed. Sure. <laughs> and we didn't know who it was. And then, you know, we went and listened to it. And it was Kevin. So. <laughs> Did anyone show up? And uh, no, they no didn't. one came. They didn't. No one. Were came. you a little disappointed? Like, oh, no yeah. one. Oh, I have to yeah. bummer. I thought even like one. What about or, no groupies or yeah. anything? One, one, like you'd go to the desk and say, "Any messages for me?" Yeah. Is that no, right? still no. No, not in the last ten minutes, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm running a hotel. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. That's all right. So 420, 420. Super Troopers Two comes yeah. out, and then your podcast also. Yeah. yeah. Chewing it with Kevin and Steve. We used to be on Nerdist, and then I don't know why we fucking took off. Yeah, the eight hundred pound gorilla. Yeah, we split. The, uh, oh, yeah. left the thing, and we followed. Yeah, we followed you we right out the door. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, that's because we want to still work with Katie Levine. Katie's we, the best. Yeah, Katie Levine is the reason. You this know, podcast, Katie is Katie is the foundational I backbone know. of this podcast. It wouldn't exist without Katie Levine. And she, as she, as she left Nerdist, she only took like four podcasts with her. Yeah, and uh, she, you was, know, she was very selective. Yeah, thank you, Katie. She was very selective. <laughs> thank you, Katie. Yeah, Katie's the best. I, you know, people always ask for like, hey, on the next host, will you should get Katie to talk, and we pitch it to her, and she's like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're still going to have that episode where we interview Katie Levine. Yeah, we've been trying yeah. for a long time. <laughs> Can I tell you though? In the begin, I'm sorry, we're talking like you're not here. <laughs> But in the beginning, you know, like when Katie Katie comes on and she does stuff, she does stuff in the intros of ours. Yeah, in the yeah. beginning, she was way not a fan of it, but she like totally. I feel like you've embraced it since then. Funny you say. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people deserve to hear some of the Katie Levine story. I think That's people. It. I think We're it is Katie time. Levine. We're doing it. Doing a Katie Levine. You're gonna yeah. do yeah. 
Super Troopers versus uh, Reno 911, right. uh, Police Academy, and Time Cop. And then, <laughs> even just saying it sounds really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> even just saying all those things yeah. together yeah. sounds. I mean, I just I I got like a I I, I got like a, a bit of a chub. Sure. Just even sure. Say, just even saying those sure. things together. Them all in the same sentence. Yeah. I have to say, of all the ones we talked about, was Reno 911, Police Academy. It's the Van Damme of it that I'd be. <laughs> that he just pops in and at the end. If he, I mean, God, if you were in a movie with John Claude Van Damme. Sure. I guarantee you that if you were able to pull that off and you guys did it and Tom and Ben and, and the rest of that gang did it, there's 0% chance he would say no. Because he would, I mean, he it seems to be fun. But you could get him anyway, I feel like. I feel like in the idea we've been talking about for Super Troopers 3 that we there's could. a role for Van Damme. You know what's funny though? We had a buddy who was producing a movie. I won't, I won't say who it was, but it was a Van Damme movie mm-hmm. like down in New Orleans and he was so excited to work for Van Damme and, it, and the night before they started shooting it was that when Van Damme had his heart attack. Oh, Remember that? Yeah. Van Damme had a heart attack like three years ago or something? Oh, like yeah. Yeah, and so he had to drop out of the movie. Oh my God! So, but he was like, "All right, hard, take me to the edge." Yeah, this is my moment. Now kick this shit out of you, right? I'm coming back now. Squash this heart, this lion heart. Oh, there it is. There it is. No, I have actual lion's heart. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's an extra heart. It's Belgian. Yes, it tells me to do the splits. Well, I cannot thank you enough for coming and doing this. This was thank incredibly you. enlightening too, in terms of uh, crowdfunding and 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 getting something together. And you know, because we always tell people on the podcast, like, oh, just go make your thing. But you know, it, the bigger, the more you want to scale up that thing, the more complicated. If not yeah. that you shouldn't do it, but just expect expect the unexpected, but be flexible. Be flexible along the way. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I mean, God, it's like we we keep learning. Uh, Every time we, I mean, every time we make a movie, we learn something. But also the landscape changes. Every, you know, every time it's how, how to reach an audience keeps evolving. And what was the most? Va- what, what's the most valuable piece of advice having gone through this crowdfunding process that you can give to people as we're wrapping this up? It's kind of the same that it's always been, which is just you have to just go out there and do it. Like nobody, nobody else is going to do it for you. You have to. You literally have to do whatever you can to make it happen. But that's why you know we've made a bunch of movies, and that's what you end up. Realizing that you still have to do that, you still have to go do it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even though you've made that many movies yeah. and your movies do well, yeah, it still wasn't easy. This like fifth or sixth time out or whatever it was, still like it. It's, no. it's so rare. I think no matter no matter where, no matter how far along you think you are, there's always going to be obstacles, even if they're new obstacles or the same obstacles or whatever it is. Yeah. So just know that that's going to be the case and. Don't let that stop you from doing it anyway. Yeah, and it ends up being worthwhile. That's the whole point, I think. You know, we love the movie that we made, and we're excited to show it to people. And thanks to the fans who helped us. Yeah, and it turned out well. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I have a link to it, and I'm excited to take pictures of you in the dark helmet. Oh my god, I can't wait! <laughs> With I, your I, dick I, out. Oh my god, I can't wait! <laughs> yeah, it's what's for that. dinner. <laughs> yeah, doing a split on the wall. There it is. Okay, good. All right, the end. Enjoy your burrito. ID 10 T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.